Is a surprise team about to trade up for Bijan Robinson in the first round? Who are the biggest fantasy winners in the Aaron Rodgers to the Jets trade? And we tell you everything you need to know ahead of the 2023 NFL Draft. Plus, Steve Sacklad, a winner of 13 FFPC league titles, joins us to tell us where uh, what team he has stacked to the max, to the hilt, to the gills, whatever you want to say, in his early FFPC leagues. His thoughts on Quentin Johnston as an NFL pro receiver and more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, for our special Wednesday NFL Draft preview episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Thank you to Rob. Greetings and salutations to all you Ferreliacs, Balkaholics watching. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. It's presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. And my co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to make our thoughts on Jamison Williams and Anthony Richardson very clear. And 13-time FFPC league champ, Steve Sacklett is going to stop by for analysis on Zay Flowers, Pat Fryermuth in year two with uh, Kenny Pickett, the Dolphins backfield, and much more. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, please do so at HSFFHour. I'm at Eric Balkman. Always learn more about Farrell's Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com. You can post on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash HSFFHour2. You can also email the inbox at HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com if you have any questions. For us, send them in now. We'll try to get to all. We got a ton of emails this week. I don't think we'll get to all of them. We'll try. But send in your, your tweets, your emails, chat room questions uh, for fantasy feedback uh, uh, coming up later on in the show. Thanks to our audio engineer and my best friend, Bryce, and our producer and mutual friend, Rob. Ladies and gentlemen, in case you were not aware, the Dynasty Orphan teams are running out. Let's get a, uh, let's get a live look at the uh, FFPC Dynasty Orphan teams. Um, because I, I count for number one, they're all $1 right now. So if you want to play in the FFPC, uh, and uh, year round and want to get in on some dynasty orphans, they are $1 each team. I am counting one, two, uh, we're looking at what 16 teams left. Um, NFL draft starts tomorrow. So if you want to get in on any of these teams for a dollar, you can do so. Uh, some of these are at the 1250 level. Some of them are at the 750 level. Some of them are at the 500 level, and we have one at the $250 level. So if you want to play Dynasty Fantasy Football, make sure you are getting in now. MyFFPC.com. Just click on Dynasty and then click on uh, uh, the uh, Dynasty Orphan Team's availability. There's a link right on the Dynasty homepage there. If you want to get in on some startup leagues, well, <laughs> I've got a deal for you. They start on Monday after the NFL Draft. At the 100, 250, 500, 750, 1250, 2500, and $5,000 levels, you can get in uh, Superflexes, Best Balls, Classics, uh, the Superflex, Rotoviz, Triflex, uh, Dynasty Leagues. Those are available as well. That's all at myffpc.com. And those drafts start on Monday, all with eight hour clocks. Uh, win a million dollars. That sounds pretty good. In the inaugural Fantasy Pros Championship, just going to cost you 350 bucks to enter. This is the first time we've ever done it. A $350 entry fee, that can turn into a $1 million grand prize at myffpc.com. And uh, don't forget, if you register by June 1st, which is about a month away, and draft those teams by June 15th, you're going to get a free $35 lead credit uh, that uh, is applied to your account. If you want to do it up to three times, you get up to three credits at myffpc.com. And uh, make sure you're getting your deposits and uh, teams paid for in the uh, 2023 FFPC main event, another contest where you can win $1 million. And if you are all paid up by that early bird deadline, which I believe is May 31st, uh, Wednesday, May 31st uh, this year, uh, then you will be entered in 
to be a Joe in the illustrious 2023 FFPC Pros versus Joes uh, leagues. We're going to have seven of those leagues going off. We'll cover them here, six of them here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. The other one is a slow draft that you can pay attention to through social media. We'll obviously post those boards uh, on our social uh, accounts as well once the uh, once they are done. And you have an opportunity to beat six um, FFPC, uh, six uh, fantasy football pros. And if you uh, come out ahead out of the other 11 teams in your league, you're going to win a free entry into the 2024 FFPC main event. Remember to like, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified of this video so you can make sure we're churning out the best uh, possible content on this FFPC YouTube channel. We cannot have the best possible content on this YouTube channel without our host with the most. He is the boss of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, which you can enter all his leagues at kffsc.com and join me and I don't know how many hundreds of other guests we've had on the show that are also playing KFFSC as well. It is the incomparable Farrell Elliott. Farrell, welcome on to the program, man. I missed you last week, but Terp held it down for you. Terp, Terp can do that. Terp, you know, Terp, it's like Tarp. It's holding down. And, you know, look, if this was a Friday night show, we could have these 16 spots sold before the show oh, was good. Yeah. You know, I just texted Hudson Curtin Reeve. I said, come on over and get in the show. And, and I'll tell you something else I noticed this week, Balky. Southwest Airlines put up a huge, huge sale. And I'm thrilled to announce that nonstop flights between Las Vegas and Louisville uh, on Southwest are back on the schedule. And, you know, I booked my travel to uh, show up on Thursday of opening season at the live event because, you know, I'm going to do the heavy lifting when it comes to sales, Balky. You can talk about all this other stuff, Rotoviz, Superviz, Multiviz, Dualviz, all the vizs is your thing. But I'm selling main event teams in the FFPC. They don't need me to do it, but you can get here on the cheap and, and come stay at Planet Hollywood. And, and, you know, that's where I would like to win my million dollars is drafting there at Planet Hollywood. So. I got, I got a lot of sales in me in me today, Balky, because, quite, you know, I, I don't have any clients. A couple of my associates do that are going to be drafted. My clients are likely to be uh, free agents this year. And I've been doing a lot of selling today. You know, you want to buy anything? Uh, I might. I let, Let's see how the show goes. I might be in a buying guy. mood here uh, throughout. Or maybe hey, look who's here. Yeah, we uh, welcome in our good buddy, uh, Hudson Kern-Reeve, the um, – the, uh, uh, our Ivy League professor uh, that uh, is the man that we always love uh, whenever he pops in. So I'm glad he could. Uh, I was commissioning a draft this past weekend that he was in. He's like, I'll see you Friday. I'm like, hopefully Wednesday, because we're doing the show on Wednesday this week. So you can enjoy the NFL draft on Friday. Uh, so he's here and it's good. We got the dizzle in there. Everybody's uh, popping off in the YouTube chat room right now. Let's get into fantasy flash right now, Farrell. And this is a dynasty uh, NFL draft heavy fantasy flash. John McClain, who is now a retired beat writer, for the Houston Texans. He thinks that Kentucky quarterback Will Levis is going to be the second player chosen in the NFL draft, and he's going to go to the Houston Texans. John Crumpler uh, tweeted this out. The quote from McLean, Houston has no indecision whatsoever. Those are national media reports. They know what they're going to do. They've just put a tight lid on, lid on it. I just can't believe Nick Casario would pass up on a quarterback to take an edge rusher. Now, other reports over the past couple of weeks have said that the Texans are ready to pass on quarterback there and uh, maybe use the extra draft capital to decide to trade down to improve uh, their defense, which, you know, quite frankly, everything needs improving on the Houston Texans. But if the Colts think that Houston is going to take Will Levis at two, maybe they want to trade up. Maybe this is all just a smokescreen to get the Colts to, to trade up to two. Farrell, how much uh, um, thought are you putting into this that, that this is actually a real thing? And two, we asked Terp about this last week. I want to get your thoughts. Uh, and I know, I think you brought them up on the show before, but uh, Kentucky's own Will Levis, your thoughts on what kind of a pro he's going to be. Okay. Um, well, McLean entering retirement, that's the biggest fugazi of all time right there. I I can't imagine that guy retired. Takes me back to 2006, Bob, uh, my good friend Charlie Casterly sitting in the same seat that Nick Casario is sitting in. And he chooses... Uh, Mario Williams over Vince Young. Reggie Bush. And, 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 and yeah, Mario Williams over Bush and Young. Yeah, it is, you know, being in Texas, Vince Young, that was, you know. So anyway, um, I, that's what I would do. I, I would take a defensive end here. Uh, I would, I think there's tremendous upside risk in, in Will, Will Levison. If, if second pick, I don't want that kind of risk. And, you know, I believe in Davis Mills. 
I, I, uh, I think Davis Mills is an improving quarterback um, that will in this year uh, be a better option uh, than most of the rookie quarterbacks would be available, especially and particularly Will Levis. You know, when you talk to teams around the league, um, that you know, you get you say your piece and get your message in of what you want to say, and then they they say, well, you know, what else you got? What else do you want to talk about? And they want to talk about they want an offensive lineman, a tackle. They're so desperate now they'll want to talk about guards with long arms, and then they'll want to talk about edge rushers, and then they they'll want to talk about a big downhill running back. Uh, you know, kind of like Henry. That's what they want. Nobody ever says we want a quarterback. You know, they've got that figured out and there's enough. Okay, and so what do I think about Will Levis as a pro? I think he's got some great maturing to do. He's got a, a rocket for an arm. And if we talked about whoever quarterbacks in the history of the draft who have rockets for arms and has to work on a lot of other aspects of their game, we would have some very interesting names that no one's heard from in a long, long time. So, <laughs> you know, that's 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 what I would do if I was Nick. And I would be shocked to see if the team uh, took Will Levis at the second pick. So I'm going to bring this up um, right now, as long as we're talking quarterbacks. And this was thrown in uh, by the Dizzle here. This is regarding C.J. Stroud. So there's the S2 cognitive test, which I believe this is the seventh year uh, that this uh, test has been given out to at potential NFL draft um, or at potential NFL draftees. CJ Stroud, uh, on, you know, was was scored, I believe, in the 18th percentile on this, which is which is obviously uber low. Now, the owner or the guy who runs the S2 test said that there that two of the scores that have been publicly posted are not accurate. Uh, he wouldn't say which ones. He also said there is somebody who scored low on it, and they the, when he took the test. It was 11 o'clock at night. He had just been traveling all day. He was tired. He was hungry. He did not want to take the test. But the NFL asked the, the S2 people to give it to him. They gave it to him, and uh, he did very poorly. They said, don't worry. We're going to come back to your pro day. We're going to give it to you again. And they did, and that person ended up scoring significantly higher. The guy, the S2, and I should remember his name, the guy who runs the test said he would not say if that was C.J. Stroud or not. But C.J. Stroud sort of kind of admitted to like, yeah, I sucked at the S2 cognitive test. It is what it is. Farrell, there is not a great track record of players, quarterbacks, scoring as low as Stroud did on this test uh, and then becoming successful players. We also know that the sample size is very small for this. Mm -hmm. I bring it up because one of the things, and I think maybe we don't talk about this enough, C.J. Stroud had one of the best offensive lines in college football the last couple of years. He also threw to maybe the greatest trio of receivers in college football history and Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Should we be more concerned about C.J. Stroud as a pro when we, not just with the S2 stuff, but when we combine all these other factors in, are we perhaps overrating C.J. Stroud? I don't think so, and I don't know that much about the test. My understanding of it is you're making quick decisions and throwing a lot of things at you, and that, that's really everything I know about it. So I'm going to tell you that he'll have fine receivers in the NFL wherever he lands too. Um, he will uh, – he, he's played quarterback at the highest level. If he was – if he had not had his backlog of work and if he had played at a smaller school, maybe I might pay some more attention to this. I think anything that can be thrown on a football field at C.J. Stroud, he'll be able to handle. Uh, let's talk about Bijan Robinson, who will be getting some balls thrown to him out of the backfield somebody's backfield. Um, Dan Graziano, who covers the NFL for ESPN, says he thinks the Ravens could trade up and draft Bijan Robinson. Now, this would, this would several things have to happen in order for, for this to happen. One, he'd have to slide past Atlanta. He'd have to slide past Atlanta at eight, Philadelphia at 10. Mm -hmm. But once he gets out of the top 10, he said the Ravens are a possibility to, to move up for him, to try to show Lamar Jackson. They're trying to add playmakers for him to get him to come back to Baltimore. Now, there's also a report, and we'll get to this later on in the show, that Jameer Gibbs potentially could go ahead of, of Bijan Robinson. I think this is, you know, just stuff that's being thrown out there a few days before the draft. I still think Robinson is going to be drafted ahead. But if the Ravens end up trading up for Bijan Robinson, I mean, J.K. Dobbins had 397 yards 
in the final four games of the season uh, for the Ravens, 7.1 yards per carry. This does not strike me as a, as a very Ravens pick. However, Farrell, if Bijan Robinson does go to Baltimore, man, wheels up for him. I really like his possibility of, of what he could be, maybe not year one uh, there, but maybe year two, year three, and beyond. Um, yeah, you know, they talk about Balky in all sports, the great ones making it look easy. And if you look at film of Robinson, that's what I saw as a guy. Sometimes I saw him coasting. I didn't think he necessarily had the breakaway speed, uh, but it, he just makes it look very, very easy. And he covers a lot of ground with not a lot of motion. And he proved that to me at the combine. I thought he was going at, at the combine. I thought he was, uh, I, I didn't think he would run that speed. I, I wrote it down earlier. What was it? A four, uh, yeah, four, four, six. And, and that's, for, for a man that size, that's impressive movement. And he might have just trained well and, and ran that 40. You might, he may not play at that speed. Um, you know, if Baltimore can get him and to make a case for getting him, that's fine. I'm a big Dobbins believer, and I never was, but I, I saw what he did at the end of last year. Seems to me that Lamar Jackson, if you're looking at a difference maker, they all have pictures of, of uh, Benjamin Franklin on them. So that's what he's most interested in. But, you know, stack them up there uh, with the Ravens, whether you have Lamar or not, you're going to need him. Uh, let, let's uh, bring this up uh, right and, and maybe we'll get into this later on in the show, but let's just bring it up right now. Hudson Kern Reeve in the YouTube chat wants to know who's your favorite under the radar rookie quarterback, Balky, Farrell, and Dave. I misread Ooh. the question because I said Israel Abanakanda, who is a running back, not a quarterback. I got too much stuff going on here. Um, all right, so so uh, Dizzle says he likes Jake Hayner, who I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, is a 47 years old, something like that. <laughs> he's um he's uh he's basically Scott Bakula. No, I'm just kidding. He uh, just turned 24, so he's one of the older quarterbacks coming in. There's a lot of older co quarterbacks coming in. I think Hendon Hooker and um, who's the other one? I'm forgetting. Farrell, that's that's kind of old. It's Hendon Hooker. It's mm -hmm. Hayner. And there's one other one. To um, me, there's a lot of old guys in this draft because of COVID. COVID year. Yeah. Actually, um, we were talking about this because the Packers actually met with Hendon Hooker. Um, he's actually younger than Jordan – or he's older than Jordan Love. So even if yeah. the Packers were to draft Hendon Hooker, Love is still younger than him, which is crazy to think about. Um, so, yeah, under the radar quarterback, mm, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't think that this guy uh, is, is ever going to amount to much. I think he's a total dart throw, but I brought this guy up in uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson out of UCLA, mm -hmm. who was a highly recruited player out of high school. He can run it. He can pass it. And I played in the Pac-12. Say what you will about the Pac-12. But I saw this guy make a lot of great plays out there. He's going to go low in the draft. I, I, I'm excited. If he ever was to get the opportunity, Farrell, I like Dorian Thompson Robinson. He's my pick here. Who's your under-the-radar quarterback? Um, well, I don't think there is a quarterback actually under the, ra under the radar. You know, Purdy last year. We would you would call him under the radar when he was drafted in the end of the draft. Everyone was aware of who he is. Uh, who do I like outside of the first round? The celebrated, uh, the, the celebrated quarterbacks. You've mentioned him. I like Hooker. I, mm -hmm. I like the numbers. I like what he's done. Uh, there are so many uh, different factors that that are going to to make a quarterback. Uh, in the NFL that, it, it, you know, just preparing the best way you can and being ready to compete is the answer. That's what happened with Purdy. You know, who thought that we would be where we are with Lance? Um, I would have thought that Love would have already played a little more. My buddy Fetch, uh, Robbie Fetcher, great KFFSC, FFPC player. Uh, and we, we watched Brigham Young during COVID and and uh, following up with the quarterback, Wilson, and uh, Fetch said, Farrell, he is not an NFL quarterback. He is not an NFL quarterback. And where did the Jets take him? Was it was he the second or third pick? I can't recall. It's it's just it, – Number two. Yeah, you know. So it, it's – yeah, you know, there's a lot of guys putting in uh, many, many hours of work to try to figure this out, and they can't. I like Hendon Hooker because what I saw of him do in the SEC. Um, I, I think there's a, there's a guy that puts in a lot, a lot of, a lot of work into drafting successful fantasy football teams. And I want to bring him on tonight, uh, cause he is our guest. It's his, uh, fourth year playing high stakes fantasy football. He has 13 league titles to his name already, including championships in the FPC, the Terminator, best ball and classic formats. He joins us tonight to talk about how his early drafts have gone and maybe a little bit of a look towards the 2023 NFL Draft as well. Please welcome onto the show 
Mr. Steve Sacklad. Steve, welcome aboard, man. Hey, guys. How are you? We're Steve. doing great. Excited to have you on tonight. Uh, listen, uh, before we get started with the fantasy football stuff, can you tell us what you're doing for a living when you're not crushing all these FFPC leagues? Um, well, first of all, I want to thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, and I am fortunate enough to be retired. Um, I play a lot of golf. I play a lot of pickleball and I play a lot of poker. So that's what I kind of do to, uh, to, uh, spend my days. How are you hitting them? I'm hitting them fair to Midland. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, poker, pickleball, and golf. I, I, that sounds like a pretty good retirement uh, to me, Farrell. Do you play golf year-round like you draft year-round? So it's funny. I uh, I actually I moved to Vegas a couple of years ago and didn't realize it was going to be as cold as it is. And so the answer is uh, no. We had a cold winter in Vegas. It's all relative. Mm -hmm. Grew up on the East Coast, but um. Uh, I played a few times in the last three or four months, but now I'm back up to speed and I'm playing a couple times a week. So about three quarters of the year, I'll play, uh, you know, a good couple, two, three times a week. But uh, during the winter, I stay home. Would you, would you rather play in the cold weather in January and February, or would you rather play in the 112 degree heat in August? I, I think I'll join you January and February. I like no, cold no, 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 no. See, I'll play the 112 heat. Because I'll get out there literally, you know, five five thirty in the morning, and I'll be done by you know I'll be done by nine o'clock. There you go. Well, look, uh, I, I, you, you and I have something in common as an affection for the offense of the Los Angeles Chargers, Hollywood's B players, but they're A players for your fantasy team. I, you have everyone, but Lance Allworth, Speedy Duncan. <laughs> you know, you you got you got these guys. Kellen Winslow, do, you're right. Yeah, yeah, Kellen Winslow for uh, going back to bulky days. Hey, you know, so this group, this core group that you have, I think it's Williams and Keenan Allen is the quarterback. Herbert and it is uh, Eckler, who, who I who I hope still ends up staying there. I, I do too. It, it's and, and, and just Farrell, that just to interrupt real quick. I just looked at Steve's teams. Steve also has a lot of uh, Spiller and um, Palmer. Uh, Kelly, Ke Kelly, Palmer, right? Really. And Palmer too. Yeah. So, yeah. so my thought process with that was, I um, I'm a Cowboy fan, even though I don't uh, care to admit it these days. But I like their offensive coordinator over the past several years, Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore, as most people know, is in San Diego now. I think uh, Herbert is more talented than Prescott. Uh, I, I'm not a big Dak fan. And I think what Kellen Moore can do with this offense, um, you know, if everything's clicking and every, you know, everyone's healthy, which mm -hmm. those are all big ifs. But uh, if that situation arises, I think, um, I think these guys are going to challenge for the title. I, I think, think he's going to be there. I think Austin is going to be there. But in the case he isn't, what do you foresee for the quarterback? You're going to ask more for everyone. And from fantasy football, that's probably a good thing for some of these guys that you have rostered. I do. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, I don't know that I don't think there's a rookie running back that they're going to bring in. Yeah. And there isn't really too much left on the waiver wire. I'm not on the waiver wire, but as far as free agents, you know, um, one of the guys. The original waiver wire there, Steve. Not any waiver wire. I mean, you know, guys available. So if if uh, Eckler goes elsewhere, and you have um, Spiller and Kelly, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know that there's another guy out there that can fill, you know, fill the shoes. You know, yeah. as as an as a Cowboy fan, I don't think that Zeke is the answer. He's one of the guys available. So. Um, yeah, hopefully Eckler stays. Yeah, those 38 touchdowns in the last two years, that you, you, you got to cut that up between a lot of players, you know. I hope he stays too. Balky, I'm sure you guys – we could talk about this all night. Well, you know, I, I have seen um, B. John Robinson mocked in, in a few drafts to the Chargers, um, although it's it's been – I haven't seen it a lot lately. Um, but I have seen a lot of people, a lot of pundits out there saying that the Falcons – are going to take Bijan Robinson at the eight pick of the NFL draft. 
you have a lot of Tyler uh, Algier uh, here in the never too early best ball tournament, Steve. Why were you not concerned with the potential of the Falcons adding a, a running back? For you? Maybe, you know, we can include round two and round three because I think that would affect Algier as well. But why did you like Algier so much? So I love Algier. And as you've mentioned, I do. I have him in uh, most of my teams that I've already done in these early drafts. And I I can't – Atlanta needs so much help elsewhere. And um, what's his name? Algier, he – the guy had 200, 210 carries this past year, averaged five yards a carry, um, and I think he's only going to get better. He was a beast in college. He runs over people. I, I don't know how, you know, five yards a carry, 200 yards, 200 carries for a rookie. Uh, I don't know how you can, you know, I know uh, I get it. Robinson's great and all that, but they need to have so many holes elsewhere. I, I can't see him drafting them. I feel the same way, and I like this. We were talking about players that, that teams are always asking for, a heavy downhill runner. Uh, Algier is uh, is certainly that kind of guy. Uh, Balky, in the in the uh, chat, there's a fellow called Uncle Andy that's talking about uh, uh, talking about Will Levis, and uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm just I was curious if that's uh, old buddy J.A. Carey. You know, we're talking we're talking a little. Okay, look. Here's a player that turned in a great season last year, and out of stubbornness, I wouldn't draft him. And I, I don't, I, I don't know what I'm going to do with him this year. My question is: Does he repeat the year he had? Jacksonville tight end Evan Ingram. And your thoughts, Steve? So I like Evan Ingram. Um, I have a few shares of him. Um, I think he's he's a big part of that offense. That offense, I feel like, is ascending. That offense is going, you know, upward. Um, I like everything they're doing there. I know they added Calvin Ridley, who obviously hasn't played in a year. I think, I think he may have even been injured in, you know, towards the end of his – the previous year he had played. So he hasn't played in a while. And I know he's, you know, got great talent. But they like him a lot there. Um, they like another player that we're going to talk about. I'm going to mention later, um, in Jacksonville, but, um, I think Ingram continues to do what he's been doing. Um, let's talk about, uh, Jamal Williams. I feel like I've, I brought his name up, um, because I feel over the course of his career, he's always been underrated, whether it was in green Bay, whether it was in Detroit and now new Orleans, I think he's being underrated there too. I, I know you have, uh, you've drafted him a few times this year, Steve, what kind of numbers, what kind of production are we looking at with Jamal Williams in a backfield uh, in New Orleans that is also going to include Derek Carr under center? So so what I like about Jamal Williams is he's a steady Eddie guy. He, you know, he's nothing, uh, he's, you know, he's not going to be anything flashy. And I think what he's going to do is he's not going to match anything close to what he did last year because that's, I think it was 17 touchdowns. I don't think he's coming close to that. Uh, this year, but I think he'll master yardage. I think he'll get the thousand yards, you know, which is, I think he had that maybe a little more this past year, but he just smashed it with the 17 touchdowns. So I think he'll, you know, do what he's been doing, get the thousand yards, but I think it'll be more like seven or eight touchdowns. Hmm. Um, Farrell, I know you got a question lined up for him, but let's just go to Kern real quick in the, in the chat room right now, Steve, he wants to know what, what you think Darren Waller is going to do in New York. Now that he uh, he's moved on from Farrell's Raiders to the Giants, going to be catching passes from Daniel Jones. Your thoughts on Darren Waller as a New York Giant? So um, I, I'm not a fan. Uh, I'm a fan of Darren Waller. I'm not a fan of Daniel Jones. Um, that that's my deal there. I like, we have uh, nowhere to go but up, Steve. Nowhere to go. But I know up. they do, and I like the coach there a lot. Um, you know, I think he's, 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 he's got them, you know, going in the right direction. Um, uh, I think Darren Waller, he's getting drafted as, as maybe the fourth or fifth tight end in that neighborhood. I think he's going to end up maybe a top 10, but I think it'll be closer to 10 than it will be to five. Yeah. I Darren think Waller. he's being overdrafted too, Bulky. Do you? Yeah, well, I well, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, I'm looking at the Fantasy Pros Championship draft data over the last two weeks, and shout out to Darren Armani, the godfather of the Pros versus Joes at Fantasy Mojo on Twitter, fantasymojo.com. Make sure you are getting your subscription there if you are an FFPC player because the tools are invaluable here. Tight end seven is where Darren Waller is going right now. 
He is uh, going at the 506. It is basically um, two-thirds of a round behind Dallas Goddard, who's tight end six. And then uh, Evan Engram is tight end eight. And he is going about uh, a little over a round after Waller. So he's kind of in his own tier break there uh, in the middle of the fifth round. So I don't know. I, guys, I guess I can get on board with him at that price. I was kind of with Steve. I thought he was going a little bit higher than this. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, middle of the fifth round. I mean, if, if you don't have a tight end yet and you've already got uh, a couple of running backs, a couple of receivers, I can get on board with that. I'll tell Steve, you a couple of tight ends. Oh, go ahead, Steve. I'll tell you a couple of tight ends that, that are that are down below him that I like a lot better. I like Ingram, who, as we just said, you said he's eight. But I like Friar Muth, uh, who's at, I think, maybe nine or ten. And I like him better than Waller this year. Um, Schultz maybe, too. Well, yeah, Schultz and Friar Muth, two of my favorites, and I think they're huge bargains. I'll say this about Waller because in the never-too-earlys, especially when I loaded up a tight end, I thought Waller there was a bargain because you know that if he has some flat games that they are going to try to get him the ball. So where his numbers on the season, you know, he's going to have some, some spike games and in best ball. You know, since when it comes to numbers, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I thought that might be a good idea. Numbers I do like, though, Steve. Numbers I do like. I, I, I can't argue like that. Big wide receiver, and you cannot find them. You cannot find them, although TCU is rolling one out off campus into the NFL draft. And I want to know what you have to say about Quinton Johnson. Johnston. So, so, so you know, I, I like his size. Mm-hmm. I, li- I like what he's bringing to the table, and – you know, everything on paper says he's going to be a superstar, but that's on paper. You know, he's got all the he's got all the dynamics, but I'm not quite sure he's there yet. Um, I think, you know, a couple of these other, you know, speedy, flashy guys that maybe we'll talk about uh, rookies um, may do a little more. So I've got I've got maybe one or two shares of Quinton, but um I'm not quite sure. I, I don't. I don't know. The verdict is, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. I think he's a little bit raw. Um, Steve, we had Mo uh, Elsahaney on the show last Friday. He, like you, has drafted a lot of um, uh, never too early best ball uh, teams, and also like you, it it didn't seem like he drafted a whole lot of rookies. It doesn't seem like you've been drafting a whole lot of rookies. Can you tell us sort of like your draft philosophy on on why you've sort of avoided? Um, drafting a ton of rookies in these never too early drafts. So it's funny, actually, I, I haven't. Um, last last few drafts or last couple of drafts, I actually have. Um, I've got a I've got a couple shares of uh, Zay Flowers. Um, uh, I've got a couple of shares of Josh Downs, but um, I, I think these guys, the Josh Downs, the Zay Flowers, the Jordan Addison, they're all in the. I put them all in the same uh, hat. And I think they've got to be put into the right system for any one of them to be successful. They're all great talents, but they're that small, quick, kind of like Devontae Smith type guy um, that they've got to be in the right system to succeed. Okay. Well, let's stay with that a minute because you, you mentioned an interesting thing. Let's bring in a couple receivers and talk about them. Let's, let's keep talking about Zay Flowers and, and let's talk about, uh, the kid that was at Pittsburgh, Addison, uh, that transferred out. Now Crazy that he left there. You know, so <laughs> which one do you like the best? And you better get you, – you better agree with me or you and I are going to go at it. <laughs> so, 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 so it's a tough call, but I think if I had to lean towards, I think I got to go with Zay Flowers. Mm. Um, uh, but, but, again, I think they're both so similar. Mm. So – who gets put in the better situation? Um, you know, we're going to find out tomorrow night. But mm-hmm. it's a uh, you know they're both very talented, and I think they're both going to have good careers. But as far as early on, I think it depends on where they end up. Bonky, you want to weigh in on this one? Um. Well, okay. No, I number one, I Bonky do doesn't want to weigh in. I don't. I don't want to weigh in on this. So, so, so who's your guy? Well, you're going to be drafting rookies in August. And and by the way, I got to introduce you to a buddy of mine named Fenton. Fenton will explain to you how when you go nonstop from Las Vegas to Louisville, 
but yet the jet stream gets you here in three and a half hours. But when you go back to Vegas, it'll take a little longer. You'll have such a good time here. You won't mind that it takes you a little longer to get back. And when you get here, you're going to have this wide receiver thing worked out. And what you're going to do is you're going to draft Zay Flowers and you're going to forget about everyone else. I want you to go. Balky does this all the time. I want you to go to uh, YouTube. You can get it free on your phone. You go to the YouTube and you look up Zay Flowers highlights and you try to tell me immediately who he I, reminds you. I've of. seen some. I've seen. And it, it's it's going. It should be Tyreek Hill. That should be the first thing you think about. I think that the ceiling for Zay Flowers is is just so far above. Uh, the rest of this receiver core. The rest of this receiver core is good receivers. You mentioned one of them, Smith. I would mention Waddle. That's what Addison can be, which is a real good receiver. That's a real good receiver in the league. Uh, Zay Flowers can be something else entirely, and he played for a terrible team. They got shut out by Notre Dame. Can't argue. Can't argue. You know, they, they played for – and they came in here to Louisville, and uh, they beat Louisville. Uh, beat him by one point. It was because of nobody but this kid. And you watch how he turns the corner and leaves the defense just completely lost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let, let's just go with Zay Flowers for, for now. Well, Since you can't separate them, I want to try to separate them I'm with on you. Board. Let's I'm go on Zay board. Flowers. Okay, great. I, I'll, I'll say this. Um, um, last week on the Better Sports Network High Stakes Fantasy Football Show Dynasty Nerds uh, mega four-hour program, uh, I co-hosted it with uh, Garrett Price from Dynasty Nerds, and we, I asked him about Zay Flowers, and and he said, and and he didn't put this on Twitter. He's like, you know, I was going to put on Twitter when I was watching Zay Flowers film. A lot of the the, the moves he makes out there um, reminds me a lot of Tyreek Hill, hmm. and I didn't want to say anything. I'm not going to put that out there because everybody's going to freak out about. Oh, uh, Garrett Price is comparing Zay Flowers to to Tyreek Hill, sure. and then what happens the very next day? Patrick Mahomes is working out with Zay Flowers and <laughs> just one of those things. So, and, and Farrell, remind me, or, or Steve, what round did, did Tyreek Hill go in? Was it the fifth? Fifth. And, and I, there's yeah. some, there was some off the field stuff. Yeah, that there, it, it, there was factors but, that contributed. To that. But Zay Flowers, I mean, I would think is going to go in the first round. So we'll see what happens on that. But Zay Flowers, I'm very excited to see. And he goes in the first round. Out. It won't be till late first round. But and, but and Steve. The only thing that I would say is I think you're right about all these receivers. It depends on landing spot. This Flowers is so dynamic. Wherever he lands, he improves the team tremendously. He keeps a quarterback. Quarterbacks that are hanging on by a thread yeah, just yeah. may hang on for seasons now that he arrives. And there's too many of them in the league right now. Whoa, yeah. And they're all in the NFC, but that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> 13-time FFPC League champion Steve Sacklad is joining us tonight on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Let's talk about um, Rasheed Rice. And this is a guy at SMU that I know um, a lot of people here in Northeast Wisconsin thought, like, hey, this guy fits the Packers metrics. They're going to need a receiver. Maybe they take him in round three. But I think even if he doesn't go to Green Bay, I think I, I, I'm going to like his career. I, I think he's going to have a very good NFL career. You think people are underestimating him in the FFPC redraft leagues that you participated in, Steve? I do. I do. He's going, um, he's going very late. 16th uh, round. Guy. I've got, I've got a couple, I've got a couple shares of them. Um, I don't have a lot of them, um, but you know, he, he is, he's talented and he's got the body type for the wide receiver for the NFL. Um so yeah, he's definitely being undervalued. Uh, you can pick him up uh, very, very late rounds, and you know there's a lot of uh, risk reward there. I think I'm going to go with emails here for you, Steve, because we are running out of time for you. Um, South Fork, Colorado. Uh, we have Brett here who emailed in. Hi, Steve. How does year two look for Pat Fryermuth with Kenny Pickett? As his quarterback. Thanks so much. That is Brett in South Fork, Colorado. Uh, Steve, what do you think about Pat Fryermuth this year? Who, by the way, I'll give you his uh, Fantasy Pros ADP right now. I believe it was tight end 10. Yeah, tight yeah. end 10 at the 7-11. Your thoughts on him? Yeah, like him a lot. He's, um, I think he outdoes, outdoes those numbers. I think he, um, I think he has potential to be a top five tight end. Um, probably realistically, he ends up in maybe six to eight. But, yeah, I like the guy a lot. 
Uh, one more email here. How's it going? Oh, I'm going to go back to Miami here. This is Matt in Reno, Nevada. How's it going, Steve? Have you been grabbing any Dolphins running backs in your draft so far? Now, I mentioned um, I was on uh, Better Sports Network earlier tonight with uh, Lisa Ann and Rick Hamlin. I talked about the possibility about maybe Dalvin Cook um, going to Miami in a potential trade with the Vikings. Now, that hasn't happened yet, but even if it doesn't, we saw what Mostert, we saw what Jeff Wilson were capable of last year. Uh, your thoughts on those Dolphins running backs and maybe more this year, Steve? So I like both of those guys a lot. I think they're both undervalued. And I like them. What I like with those guys is I'd like to potentially grab them both in a best ball draft. Um, I think they are going to add someone. And I don't know if it's going to be a Dalvin Cook. I don't know if it's going to be a rookie. But I think they're going to add someone. But for now, the way that it looks, um, you know, they, the Dolphins are funny. They could be content with these two guys. Yeah. And they both have talent. And – you know, it, it, it's a hit or miss with them, but in the best ball leagues, you can where you can grab both. I kind of like that a little bit. Pretty good tandem, very good tandem. Farrell, I'm, I'm going to ask, let you ask the last question uh, shortly here. But before we do, oh, you got Steve, another one? I, I do have because this good. is my own selfish, my own selfish um, uh, peace of mind here. I want to ask Steve on this. You drafted a lot of never too early best ball teams. I know you drafted a few fantasy pros teams. Um, it's still early in the drafting season. I mean, it's going to be May here before we know it. But, Steve, your advice for anybody who is drafting early, something that they should remember, something they should take to heart, something, um, you know, maybe a mistake to avoid. What, what's what's advice you can give somebody who is going to be drafting early this season? So, so I'm going to look down at notes for the first time since we've been talking, and I basically just wrote down a few different guys that I like a lot and guys that I don't like a lot. And those guys are Algier. Um, most of the charges that we spoke about hadn't spoke about Hawkinson. I, I actually have been drafting them more and more lately. And these um, tight end, uh, um, what do you call them? Uh, tight end premium. Thank you. Um, I love the guy. I and mean, what he did in the second half of the season last year, those numbers are absolutely bizarre. His targets, his catches. Um, I don't know if that equates to a full season. I know. That's, you know, hypothetical, but we'll see. Like him a lot. I like uh, Kenneth Walker in Seattle a lot. And then a couple of uh, guys to get later in the draft. I like Perrine. I like Gusecki. And then the other guy I mentioned earlier, we were talking Jacksonville. I like Zay Jones. Zay Jones is going very, very late. Nobody wants him a lot there. Um, you can get him really late, 50, 60th receiver. And a couple guys I don't like, don't like Javante Williams. Who knows when the hell he's coming back. Don't like Mixon. Who the hell know where he's going to play? Um, <laughs> don't like uh, Deshaun Watson. Um, he was so horrible last year. I don't know. Maybe he can bounce back, but I don't see it. Don't like James Conner. Don't like Michael Thomas. And that's what I got for you. I, I just want to go over this real, real quick. Zay Jones currently wide receiver 68 at the 1501. Uh, you also said that, uh, uh, Steve, that you like Samanje Pirine. Um, who is going as running back 39 at the 910. Now he's moved up over the last couple of weeks as well. Who is the other guy that you said you really liked? You said Piron, you said Zay Jones. And I, I like know you said Hawkinson. Oh, Gesicki. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And he is currently going at tight end 17 at the 1201. Yeah, I like that value quite a bit uh, for him in New England. Um, how are you consuming the NFL draft this weekend, my friend? I'll be um, actually um, headed to San Diego tomorrow. Uh, vacation with the wife, meeting some friends there. I'm going to watch bits and pieces of it, follow it on my phone, and uh, look forward to see how my my once very good Cowboy team was, see who they pick up. Uh, Farrell, any last question for Steve before we let him go enjoy his Wednesday? Steve, Wednesday? it's been a pleasure. Have a great time in San Diego. I think, Friar Muth, you are, you're right on the spot. I see 80-plus catches and 10 touchdowns. I'm glad you mentioned Zay Jones. Uh, the uh, uh, Yeah, there's a lot of good players still circulating around at the end of these basketball drafts. And then, yeah. you know, after we we see the landing spots of some of these guys, uh, we'll, we'll know what to do as we move forward in the draft. I hope to see you in the draft room soon. Advice I would give to early drafters, uh, you, you know, you, you sign in, you click on the owners, you see Steve's in there, you take, you, you sign out, 
you remove yourself from the league, move to another league. You can do that. There, you can find it. You know. Thank you guys. So that's for what I me. would do. That's what <laughs> I'm going to do for now. I wondered when I was. I must have drafted against you because someone took Wilson and Mostert, and I said, "What the hell? That's my move." And it was, you know, you, you know. All right, buddy. Thank you. We'll see you thank in you Kentucky, guys. You guys in Las Vegas. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate it. San Diego. He gets around, Bob. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yeah. Move. He gets around. He's got a Steve, wife. be good and enjoy the West Coast, man. Thank you. Have a great night. Steve Sackler. going on? Thank You'll God. find him on the pickleball court. You yeah, find him I, on the I, golf I, course. Yeah, the poker I watched, table. It's, you know, I'm, there's 24 hours. Of, I wonder if he ever gambles in Las Vegas. Outside well, he, he plays poker. I mean, that's gambling. Well, yeah, poker but, is a, poker, but that's a that's a game of skill. That's not gambling. That's true. That's a good point. Just like this. This is not gambling. This is no, game it's a game, game of skill. It, it's why I've never won the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. Main Someday, Balky. <laughs> Someday. You've all right. the trophies. Yes, you know, I have. I have. Um, all right. So let's go um, Let's go to uh, Joe in the YouTube chat right now. Uh, she wants to know, are we concerned about Mark Andrews? No. Trade for him. Yeah, I'm not necessarily concerned. with. I mean, like, the, here's the beautiful thing, Farrell. Lamar Jackson decides to sit out the year. The Ravens are in the luxurious position of having a Pro Bowl quarterback start games for Baltimore this year. And I'm, of course, speaking of Tyler Huntley, who went to the Pro Bowl last year. Yeah, I'm, I, Mark Andrews, you know, put, put you or I at quarterback. He's going to find his way to 75, 80-plus catches. I, I, I'm on board with Andrews. Why not? I, yeah, it, it's uh, Andrews is a guy. All right, let's get to um, the elephant in the room that we did not get to at the top of the show. The Jets have acquired quarterback Aaron Rodgers from the Green Bay Packers, this according to Adam Schefter on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Now, the Jets are getting the 15th overall pick in this year's draft, a fifth rounder, and Aaron Rodgers. The Packers get the 13th overall pick in the draft, the 42nd overall pick in the draft, which is a second-round pick, and the 207th pick, which is a sixth-round pick, and a conditional uh, second rounder next year that will become a first if Aaron Rodgers plays in at least 65% of the offensive snaps for the Jets uh, this uh, this coming season. So the Jets get their quarterback, um, and Jordan Love is obviously going to be the starting quarterback for the Packers. Uh, we now know what the parameters are. We know what is going to happen um, for both of these teams as far as compensation goes. Let's talk, it, talk about it, Farrell, here from a fantasy standpoint. I think Garrett Wilson – while everybody would say, oh, Garrett Wilson gets a huge bump here in, in fantasy production, eh, you got to remember that FFPC drafters were already drafting this guy super high pretty much all offseason. In fantasy pros drafts right now over the last couple of weeks, it's going as wide receiver nine at the 203. That's ahead of Devontae Smith. It's ahead of Jalen Waddell. It's ahead of Amon Ross St. Brown, Chris Olave, DK Metcalf, T. Higgins, and more. So I, I think as far as like Wilson goes, he could buy the bump. How much higher is he going to go in ADP? I don't know. Um, and uh, Alan Lazard, I think he is what he is. He's a, one of the best blocking receivers in fantasy football. I don't think he's a great best ball pick. I think he's going to be a steady Eddie solid guy that's never going to have those big spike weeks. Um, and and uh, I think McCole Hartman is sort of what he is. He's, he's a nine-route type guy that that is going to have those spike weeks. He's good for best ball. It's hard for me to pick a winner here for the Jets um, because I think the FFPC drafters were already drafting all these players as if they were going to be catching passes from Aaron Rodgers in New York this year. That's a fair assessment. I, uh, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't prepared to, to think that Wilson was going that high. Um, I like who I saw in the press conference today uh, in New York. He looked, uh, he looked very comfortable and very got a haircut. For something new, yeah, yeah. yeah. Haircut. He's walking around barefoot in the meeting rooms today. Yeah, well, um, there's a right lot now, of Farrell, Don't you dare. Going along. He's from California. Yeah, it's true. Don't you going? don't you dare try to call him or text him though. You can only Facetime Aaron Rodgers. We found well, that. Well, but that's because he lives in a home that doesn't get reception. That'll happen it, again. He's from it, California. Here's here's the bizarre thing. If if Brian Gutekunst would have had an iPhone instead of an Android. Aaron Rodgers would probably be the starting Packers quarterback this season. It could, it could happen, you know. Is the, the world spins on uh, on little things. I mean, I I had an old girlfriend in California. She'd always go out to Ojai, and you know that uh, 
she's you can't contact her so you know it's it's uh, the, the relationship fizzled out it's it's uh, this relationship fizzled out you know he, he talked about being a uh a small town guy who played in small towns he's not in a small town anymore you know and, and i think the press is going to love him and he's going to have a pretty good honeymoon period and uh he the one thing you can say the fantasy aspect about locking in on wilson um, or Wilson going this high in, in the history of, of Aaron Rodgers, he is always locked in on one receiver and, and you would assume that to be Wilson, but I think we're already at the premium price for him. So, we, you know, I think the conversation about who you're going to draft is, is what do you think about Rodgers and is he a value? I think that's, that's the guy that you have to look at whether you're going to now make the decision to draft him. Um, Garrett Wilson, let me just verify this here before I spout off untruths like I normally do. Yeah, he went as high as the 201, um, mm-hmm. but 203 is his ADP, so he hasn't spiked that much since since, Rod, since this Rodgers trade. Yeah, there's nowhere else to go. Yeah, he can't move up a- anymore, or at least not significantly. Okay, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers here. I think he is a value. Uh, he's going at the end of the 16th round of the Fantasy Pros uh, mm-hmm. Championship drafts. He is quarterback 19 right now. Let me spin a yarn about Aaron Rodgers. This is a guy that I think uh, his season was train wrecked last year for several reasons, but the biggest was when he broke that thumb against the Giants. I think that's when things changed. He tried to tough it out. We saw him miss uh, uh, receivers like he never missed them before. The record, the track record for quarterbacks over 40 is no bueno in the NFL. Brett Favre had a couple of good years. Warren Moon had a really good year. Outside of that, man, it's not been great. I do believe Aaron Rodgers can transcend that. He's a four-time MVP. I don't care what anybody says. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I think he has a very good season in New York. Is it enough to get him to the Super Bowl? I don't think so, but I think they make the playoffs. I think he is very good. And, Farrell, I'll tell you this right now. In in Kentucky leagues this year, Aaron Rodgers is going to be – I'll tell you this. I might have some KFFSC teams this year drafting two quarterbacks. Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers. Wouldn't that be fun? Match up those guys every single week. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm a fan of Aaron Rodgers this year. And, and by the way, I'm still a fan of Jordan Love. I think, listen, we, I've said this on this show so many times, so I'll be brief. Nobody knows if he's going to be good or not. If you say he is going to be good or if he's going to suck, uh, that, that's based on no logic. We have not seen this guy on the field for any significant period of time with starters, not in poor weather, in a large sample size. He looked awesome against the Eagles. That was two series. He looked terrible against the Chiefs. That was with 30-mile-an-hour crosswinds, and Patrick Mahomes' stats were terrible in that game as well. And he looked okay against the Lions. That's with backups twice. So to, to me, I don't know what they're going to get with Jordan Love. I, I'm optimistic, but I'm cautiously optimistic on Aaron Rodgers and on uh, Jordan Love this year. Uh, Farrell, I want to get to some emails here because okay. we're running. Oh, let's get to a YouTube chat right now because it's there's some like, genius stuff going on. Yes, here. there is. Yeah, this is from Flies Beats. He wants to know from you, Jacoby Myers and Hunter Renfro, which is the second receiver that you want to draft in Las Vegas this year behind Devontae Adams? Jacoby Myers. Jacoby oh. Myers over Renfro. And we need a reason. Um, I think they can move Renfro. Um, I think that we're looking for a big target slot receiver, and we get that uh, in in Myers. And Balky, give us uh, Mr. Armani's uh, numbers on this. Renfro is essentially free, so you could you could say you draft them both. But uh, yeah, uh, I like I like Myers for this team. Hunter Renfro, wide receiver, 74 at the 1606. Jacoby Myers right now, uh, if I can spell his name correctly, wide receiver, 52 at the 1102. That's behind Sky Moore and Juju Smith-Schuster. It's ahead of Jalen Hyatt and Odell Beckham. So that uh, hopefully that that we can that we answer. I think the answer uh, is if, if, if you are vexed by that equation and you like that position and you could take the risk that both of them are on the field at the same time, draft them both. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Garoppolo for the, the cheap Raider stack. You know, JD from the GOAT district is always all about um, getting those cheap stacks, and that's a cheap stack that you can get. All right, let's get to emails here. Uh, let's go to Dom in New York. Given the recent reports on Jameer Gibbs, our FFPC drafters two down on him. Uh, thank you, Dom in New York, for that email. Jameer Gibbs right now in the Fantasy Pros Championship 
Whew, I don't think they're too down on him, Farrell. Running back 15 at the 412. He's going ahead of Isaiah Pacheco, Dalvin Cook, J.K. Dobbins, and Aaron freaking Jones. I'm telling you, draft Aaron Jones. He is still a value right now. Uh, Gibbs ahead of all those guys. I don't think FFPC drafters are down on Gibbs. I think, no. if anything, they might be too high on him. A player like this, um, the way he's built and the way he moves, uh, you're tempted to get this player on your team if you want to win that million dollars because you look at him, he's very much like Flowers is at the wide receiver position. This player could steal the proverbial show at the running back position. He could own the position as a rookie if he's drafted somewhere where he's got a clear path to the field. Uh, I really love what uh, the opportunities that, that he could bring to a team. And, and you're reaching there, but, you know, you you can afford to reach. It's just like Steve is talking about is all the double-digit running backs that are still available. You can, you can afford to reach on Gibbs. If you're going to back him up with uh, with double digit draft pick running backs that you can can service it until look you can win you can win leagues you can go you can finish high in the overall uh, with missing on your fourth round pick but you're not going to miss terribly with this player he's going to do some things for you I, I think what's great about him is is his PPR prowess right because yeah even if he doesn't work out as as a guy who's going to be on on the field a ton he is such an elite pass catcher. Uh, that he's going to give you a nice floor every single week, which is great for fantasy pros drafts for the FFPC best ball tournament. Mm, maybe not exactly the most attractive selection there because I don't know how many spike weeks he's going to have, but I think, um, you know, week in and week out, I think he's going to be right around that top 20, top 25 uh, running back. And then certain weeks he's going to be right around top 10. Okay. Uh, let's get to Rende in uh, Winter Park, Florida. Hey guys, what would you do with Josh Downs and Gabe Davis? If the Bills take downs at the end of the first round, keep up the great work. That's Randy in Winter Park, Florida. Farrell, the possibility of Josh Downs going to Buffalo, I, you know, I, I keep hearing more and more about this. Um, and the fact that I am, I wonder if the Bills are just trying to find, you know, not move on from Gabe Davis, but trying to find somebody else that's going to be a better second receiver in Buffalo. And, man, if Downs goes to Buffalo, not only do I like him quite a bit for Dynasty, I, I'm liking him for redraft as well. Hmm, Balky, I'm gonna I'm gonna differ with you there from the standpoint there's just too many wide receivers in that room. Uh, I'm a big Khalil Shakir fan. You know, mm -hmm. you know, he's a fifth round draft pick, but I, I think he has skill sets that that equal Josh Downs. Josh Downs is 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 a four five wide receiver. He's five ten. He's 180 pounds. He's a there, there's a lot of guys like this that are available. I don't I don't understand why Buffalo with the gifts they have at receiver, would spend a first-round pick uh, here. I, that that doesn't make sense to me. Um, so, and I want to put words in your mouth. If they wait until the second round, you think that they could get somebody, or maybe in the third round, somebody that would be, be they'd be better off drafting, given the, the needs that they still have at other positions, and still get somebody that's maybe a poor man's Josh Downs. The physicality of this receiver, you know, he, he's going to be a good player, but uh, yeah, this there's there's guys like this that uh, you know that, that you can find throughout the draft. So I, I'm not going to I'm not going to invest first round draft pick in Josh Downs. Let's get to uh, a player that uh, some team will be investing a first round NFL draft pick in, and that's Anthony Richardson. This is Jeff in San mm. Jose. Dear Farrell and Balky, what is the best landing spot for Anthony Richardson to go in order to hit his ceiling in the NFL? Thank you for the email, Jeff in San Jose. Farrell, I, I, I believe that Anthony Richardson in Dynasty draft, especially Superflex. Well, maybe not Superflex. Let's take one quarterback leagues. I am willing to take the risk on this guy because of the potential um, ceiling that this guy has. Athletically, he's one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen. His accuracy downfield is awesome. Um, short range, yeah, leaves a little bit to be desired. He's like uh, Ronnie Bass from uh, Remember the Titans, right? Could throw the ball a mile, had great accuracy, couldn't make that pitch out of the backfield, right? Um, so that's something that I think that be, can be coached up. I like Anthony Richardson quite a bit. Um, we might look back on this, and I think there's a more than a non-zero chance that he could be the best quarterback from this class. I would love him to go to a place like Seattle where he could sit behind Geno Smith for a year, maybe two years, and then unleash his talents on the NFL. I don't believe he's ready to contribute this year, but, man, his ceiling has me uh, really excited about drafting him. 
Yeah, I know it's tough to sit a quarterback on your dynasty bench for a couple of years, but Anthony Richardson might be worth it. I'd like to see him go to Seattle. What about you? Uh, yeah, and if he did, wherever he goes, but you hit the nail on the head, Bucky, Seattle, wherever he goes, uh, there will be a package for him to play. You can't, mm-hmm. keep, you can't keep this kind of talent on the sidelines, nor should you. Um, and he might just take over the whole operation. People give pause to the fact that he's only started uh, X amount of games, and I think we're going to have to get away from that. Historically, you'll see players that have a track record of a few starts in their college career, and they've they've had a hard time getting started. Some of them didn't get started at all in the NFL. But there's been a shift and a change. And, you know, this player shared quarterback training with my dear friend uh, Will Hewlett, shared training with – Will also trained Purdy, uh, you know, so he's on a pretty good, he's on a pretty good uh, winning streak right here. And 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 this player, uh, it, it, what he's good, you know, what he's going to do in an NFL system is become a much much better player. Lining up against Vanderbilt, New Mexico State, Georgia, even is not necessarily going to make this player a better player. Getting this athletic system, uh, athletic skills into an NFL system with the coaching he can have and the coaching that he's already got in his personal coaching. Uh, yeah, it, it's just it, – it changes the whole profile of a franchise that drafts him. I, uh, I think we have only scraped the surface on everything dynasty, everything rookie, everything NFL draft related. I wish this was the high-stakes fantasy football four hours. It is not. So we are going to have to cut it off tonight. Um, I, I thank everybody for, for tuning in. Farrell, and I thank you for making some time on a Wednesday night that we can pound this out before we enjoy the NFL draft over the next three days. It's going to be a lot of fun. We will continue to uh, go to KFFSC.com, register for leagues there, and we, will continue to, and we will continue to follow you on Twitter at KFFSC, official at Jay Farrell Elliott, Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship on Facebook as well. KFFSC.com. Come compete with me. Come compete with a lot of the FFPC players that we've had on this show. Farrell, thank you so much, man. We will do this again next Friday at our same bad time, same bad channel, same bad place. Thank you, Bob. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, he is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, and that will wrap up this NFL draft preview episode. And, oh, by the way, season finale of season 11 of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Uh, We'll be kicking off season 12 next week. That's right. Next Friday, we'll be back with the first episode of season 12 of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour with eight-time FFPC league winner Frank Shinnick, a guy that should have been on this show a long time ago. He's going to be coming on next Friday. Very excited to talk Dynasty with him as well as Redraft as well. Uh, Thanks to Steve Sacklad, Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob Rice, and of course each and every one of you for watching tonight. Remember, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network is actually off tomorrow because of the NFL Draft. However, you can watch me, Andrew Cooper, Mark Melusis, and others beginning at 7 p.m. Friday night for full NFL Draft coverage. That's just when I'm on. You can watch full NFL Draft coverage uh, Thursday night, and then after uh, I get done at 9 o'clock with with, uh, Coop and and Moose, um, you can watch all the way up to 11 o'clock Eastern time. That's at bettersports.com. Download the Better Sports Network app, which is free in the Google Play uh, uh, store as, as well as the App Store. Um, we got a lot of stuff going on with Better Cast where you can win a lot of prizes, hang out, um, and and uh, be part of your make uh, Better Sports Network part of your two screen experience. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to have a lot of knowledgeable Dynasty guys on that as well. Speaking of Dynasty, adopt the Dynasty Orphan today with the FFPC at myffpc.com. Discounted teams are available, ranging at the tw- we have one two hundred fifty dollar team left, all the way up to twelve hundred fifty. All those teams are just one dollar uh, for an entry fee this year. Pay the deposit pay your dollar, and then all of a sudden you can manage uh, an FFPC team and play Dynasty Fantasy Football, year-round fantasy football fun at myffpc.com. Startup Dynasties are also beginning at myffpc.com. On Monday after the NFL Draft, $100, $250, $500, $750, $1250, $2500, and $5,000 entry fees for those. Whatever your price point is, we have a league for you. Dynasty Startup Leagues, myffpc.com as well. We cited the Fantasy Pros ADP data a lot tonight. If you want to take your crack at that, we got drafts going on. $350 entry fee, including the last draft that we're going to have before the NFL draft, 
which begins at 6 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. So right before the NFL draft, you can actually plunk down your 350 and take a shot at a $1 million grand prize. Got to get the Dr. Evil. $1 million grand prize uh, for the Fantasy Pro Championship. First time we've ever done that as well. And if you register by June 1st and draft by June 15th, you get a free $35 league credit. If you want to do it three times, you'll get up to three credits as well. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the FFPC YouTube channel, comment on this video as so many of you have been doing, share the video and get notified every time we go live on this channel. The next time we go live, I believe will be Tuesday at 10, 9 central, a longtime friend of the show, Brian Valenti, a guy who has won a ton of FFPC dynasty drafts. He's going to help us break down the NFL draft for dynasty purposes with rookie drafts starting up in a couple of weeks over at uh, myffpc.com. He's going to help you guide you through that process on the road of his high stakes loan on that's Tuesday night at 10, nine central. Thanks so much for watching everybody. Your NFL draft weekend starts now. <laughs>I just want to give a shout out to everybody who reached out uh, to me after I, I shared that news about, again, my friend, my old babysitter, Brian, uh, who, uh, Brian Bender, who passed away um, in a car accident uh, a week or so ago. Uh, thank you. It meant a lot to me. Again, it's not a guy that, that I uh, am close to anymore, but I definitely was close to when, when I was a younger kid. Um, and, and I appreciate all the kind words and, and um, saying that you're going to be praying for his family and, and everything like that. They, they definitely need it. Uh, at this time. Enjoy the NFL draft, everybody. It is one of the favorite times of year for all of us fantasy football players. Cannot wait uh, for uh, maybe not the first pick on Thursday night, but definitely to see what happens at pick number two. That whole first round is going to be crazy town banana pants as uh, Heath Cummings from uh, CBS Sports and, and football guys would say crazy town banana pants for the NFL draft. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll talk with you again next week.